ComC is excited to announce their latest partnership with CGC Trading Cards and CSG. With over 30 million raw cards available in our marketplace, ComC is ready to provide an effortless grading experience for you to buy, sell, and now grade your Marvel, Sports, Star Wars, and TCG trading cards. ComC is thrilled to offer a smooth and seamless grading experience that is available today for all their customers. You're listening to the Wax Pack Hero Sports Card Minute, a podcast where we discuss both the hobby and business sides of collecting. I'm your host, Mike Summer, and I want to help you buy, sell, and trade your way into a collection you'll love. Well, hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Wax Pack Hero Sports Card Minute. Today, I want to just start the show off by talking about one of my hobby goals and the accomplishment of one of my hobby goals for 2023, and that is the completion of my 1960 Topps baseball set. I had been working it down, getting that checklist and that needs list down throughout 2022, and I started the year needing about 15 or 20 cards, maybe something like that, and now as of this last week, I have finally finished the 1960 top set. Uh, I waited for some of the bigger ones to be the last few. So the Clemente, the Hank Aaron, um, the the Carl Yaskrimski rookie card, and then finally here the Mickey Mantle was the final card I needed, and I bought it on, on eBay. It was an SGC2, and it passed through authentication, and it got to me here this last week. And so that card is complete. I do actually have a few cards from ComC that I had purchased along the way that I had been bundling up with some other cards that I needed, and so I requested shipment for that from ComC, and so that should be coming too. So technically, there's still some cards that I don't have in hand, even though that I've already purchased them, but this getting the mantle has been nice. It was a nice accomplishment to complete this 1960 set. I'm going to be on to some of the other vintage sets that I'm working now. I think I'm down to about 30 cards or so for the 1961 set. And then I've got the 59 starter set built, and I've been starting to slowly accumulate some of those needs as I find them in other collections and things. I haven't gone after that too hard yet. And I finally also separated out all of the the, the lots I have for 1962, 63, 64, 65, and 66. And so now I'm at the point where I can go through those and put my starter set together, see what I've got, see what I have doubles of to take into the shop, and start seeing what I need to do to start filling in some of those holes from the remainder of the 60 sets that I still need. So the vintage push is continuing. That vintage baseball push is continuing to be a focus for me throughout 2023. I don't know that I'm going to go after them too hard. I think I'm going to kind of take a casual approach to completing some of those throughout this year, but that is where my primary baseball focus is going to be here in 2023. I thought I'd start the show just by sharing a little bit of that story. I'm excited to complete that 1960 set, and now I need to start getting it all bindered up so that I can enjoy it for years to come. Well, today's guest is Sean Anderson. He's one of the co-hosts of the Hall of Very Good podcast. I had his co-host Lou Olson on last fall to talk about his John Stockton Super Collection, but today Sean joins me to talk about his Ross Grimsley Collection. Yes, Ross Grimsley. Sean is the first 
collector that I've talked to that has a focus on Ross Grimsley. And so we are going to do that today and then talk a little bit about their show, the Hall of Very Good podcast as well. And we're going to start that conversation right after this. Hi, this is Pat Hughes, Cubs announcer, coming to you from the sports card shop in beautiful New Buffalo, Michigan. The Gocher family has built an incredible place here for collectors to buy, sell, and trade cards and memorabilia. Be sure to stop by and let them show you around. TheSportsCardShop.com, connecting sports, athletes, the hobby, and collectors around the world. Today, I want to welcome Sean Anderson to the show. He is the co-host of the Hall of Very Good podcast and a collector of Ross Grimsley. And I can say that you are the first Grimsley collector that I've ever met. And so I'm looking forward to this conversation. Welcome to the show, Sean. <laughs> Thanks for having me. I think outside of Ross and his wife, I might be the only Ross Grimsley collector. <laughs> well, that is is maybe some good company. I feel like I'm the same way. I've got a relatively small Thad Bosley collection, and it's relatively small because I think he only has about 60-something cards total over the course of his, his career. And so I can kind of relate a little bit on some of those obscure uh, players. Well, it's a lot easier too, right? I mean, when, when there's a finite amount of cards and, you know, tops and the like Panini aren't putting something out every year, it's, it's easier to collect those guys. So, you know, it keeps, keeps the pocketbook down too. For sure. Yeah. I want to start with the story behind Ross Grimsley. Where did that connection come from? All right. So I've had to, I guess, search back into my mind and, and figure this out. So it's, uh, it's 1989, I think. So I'm in, I'm in Rockford, Illinois, and we used to have affiliated baseball, Midwest League Baseball. We had the, uh, 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 the Expos, the Reds, uh, the Cubs, and Royals. I don't think in that order, but the Expos were the first team. And tiny little ballpark, and a lot of uh, uh, the kids that would come to the game, the kids, I was one of the kids myself, but a lot of us would go to the games, and everybody stands around by the home teams dug out the home teams clubhouse because those are the guys you're watching. I thought I'd be cool if I found out of the teams that were coming in, their coaches and managers and whoever, if they used to play. Okay. So back then you had uh, Rick Anderson was a pitching coach, I think with Kenosha, Ron Gardenhire before he, you know, made it to the majors as a manager, was, was a manager. Grimsley was the pitching coach for the Burlington Braves. Okay. Now, I only knew him from, you know, this awesome 81 tops card that, you know, now I find a lot cooler, I guess, now than I did then. But I only knew him from that. And I remember I had the cards. I took it to him, and he was signing. I called him over to the fence. He took the card. And he left with it. Like he was not, not mean, but he left with it and he disappeared. And then he came back and he was laughing. And I, evidently he went and showed, you know, the fellas. Cause as he told me, he's like, you don't see a lot of these, you know, it, nowadays or whatever. Now, granted, then it was only eight years from the card coming out to me meeting him, which now seems like, you know, you blink and it's eight years, but back then for me, at least it, it seemed like it was forever ago. So he came back and said, you don't see a lot of these. He signed the card for me, gave it back. I put it, you know, in a binder, it sits there forever. 
when we launched the Hall of Very Good online, you need a logo. And for whatever reason, a buddy of mine, um, I was using a zoomed in picture of that card as my MySpace profile picture. And that then became the logo for the site, an animated version of that. Now, when that becomes your MySpace identity, it then becomes where you go with everything. And so I started picking up more Grimsley. I realized that I had more Grimsley cards than I thought. I started picking up some cards. Uh, again, like I joke with you about Bosley, there's, there's not a ton out there, you know? So it's not like, you know, Bowman's not putting out Grimsley cards or Thad Bosley cards in their next set. You don't have to worry about, you know, there being a new Prism card that you absolutely have to get a one out of one or however many out of 50 or whatever it is. Yep. So Grimsley then became my guy because I've always been a collector. This basically allowed me to zero in on one thing, if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. Instead of going, oh, I collect, you know, wrestling figures. Well, every four months, there's 25 new figures that come out. You're not going to get all of them. Grimsley, it's real easy. He had 11 cards and then he had minor league cards. And then you start finding them. There's Kellogg's cards and there's Hostess cards. And then there's, you know, the, the bottom of a Slurpee cup or whatever it is. So the start of it was a chance encounter 30 some odd years ago that's turned into this weird, uh, I'm a contrarian by nature. So it turned into this weird, well, if you're collecting Ken Griffey Jr., I'm collecting uh, the weirdest dude that you never knew existed. Yep. <laughs> very, very cool. I, yeah. We've got that Midwest League connection because I grew up just north of Peoria. And so the Peoria okay. Chiefs were my my Midwest League team when I the Cubs were the affiliate at that point when I was growing up. And so I got to see, you know, Raphael Palmero and Jerome Walton, Mike Harkey, the Ty Griffin and Earl Cunningham, those guys that, you know, didn't really necessarily pan out. But there were some big players that came through there, but I was focused purely on the Chiefs players. I didn't go to the, the level that you did to scout the, the teams that were coming well, to see who I might be able to track down. So I've got my share of, of Cubs prospect autographs when they were minor leaguers, but I didn't really go that route of, of seeing who is going to be coming from the other teams. You mentioned Griffin and Cunningham. I've got uh, somewhere in the house. I've got baseball signed by both Ty Griffin and, and, uh, and Earl Cunningham because they were big guys that then yeah. came through town. Yeah. So you got that. I remember uh, Tom Gordon came through with the Appleton Foxes. A couple of years after that, Alex Rodriguez comes through. Now, I'm about the same age as Alex Rodriguez. So that's, you know, at that point, it was kind of weird to, yeah. you know, <laughs> chase somebody down who's, who's your, uh, you know, almost your same age to get their autograph. So uh, uh, we, we sent a buddy's little brother and, and for the record, Alex turned him down. He turned down a nine-year-old back in 93 or whatever the heck it was. But, um, but you, you mentioned the chiefs. I remember, uh, I was so disappointed. Damon Berryhill went down for, uh, a rehab assignment. So I dug through and I found my Damon Berryhill cards. And then he went, I don't know how he escaped us because man, we were staked out at the clubhouse, but he played in the game. And then 
like whatever fairy dust, he disappeared and none of us were able to get anything signed by him. Because wow. of course we thought he was, I mean, it was big stuff back then. Yeah. Yeah. It's it, people overlook that kind of low level affiliated baseball and, and kind of what you can stumble across and some of the, mm -hmm. the players that you end up seeing years later when you, when you check out some of those games. So yeah, Midwest league affiliate, you know, a affiliate baseball, it's good stuff. So this Grimsley collection, you mentioned, <laughs> you know, he doesn't have a ton of stuff. Yes. What's that collection look like now? Okay. So I've got, um, all right. So this is where, this is where it gets weird, right? So I started just by getting, I wanted to get one of each of his cards. So he's, he goes 72 tops up into 81 tops. And then there's an 81 Fleer where you can pick up cards easily. And then, like I said, there's the hostess, there's the, the Kellogg's. And then there's, there's the uh, uh, magazines that he was in. Well, at some point in there, there's like a friendship that starts where he tells me, you need to try to find this magazine. And then I did. Uh, it, it's a, 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 a French equivalent to Playboy that he did an interview in 1979 that I read for the, uh, you know, I, I, I read for the articles. But there's six game used baseballs that I picked up, uh, two of which are high school one is from when he was with the Reds and three were um, from when he was in Indianapolis in, in the minors in AAA. There's uh, uh, not his freshman year high school yearbook, but his high school's yearbook from his freshman year. <laughs> There's, uh, it's, I'll have to send you pictures, but it, it's one of these things where, you know, it, it, it's, I was always, I, you know, Rich Davis, right? The Boggs father. Yeah, he was so, actually one of the last couple uh, interviews. Yep. Oh, okay. I've missed that. I apologize. Yep. I'll have to listen to it. So I've known Rich for years. And when he sits there and goes, man, I just bought my third pair of Wade Boggs shower shoes. Right, right. To me, that's cool stuff. You know, I mean, yeah. other people, again, it's, you know, I've got you know, not me, but people that, oh, I've got, you know, PSA, whatever, graded. Okay, great. You know, I mean, the thrill of it is trying to track down that stuff that the other guys might not have. So, I mean, I, it, it's, yeah. So what it looks like now is, uh, uh, you know, some cards and then figuring out, okay, well, now I need all of his cards uh, encased. Now I need all of his cards, uh, autographed. Now I need a, now I need a spare set of his cards. Sure. And then it's, you know, the old top seventies, the checklist cards. Okay. Well, there's the team picture on the front. There's my guy. So I need that one now. Yep. And then, yeah, so it, it's, it, it spirals out of control is what it looks like. There's one piece that remind me when we're done, I'll tell you about, I'm afraid to mention that I have it in case that I'm not supposed to. Okay. <laughs> Interesting. how's that for a tease i am but, um, intrigued but yeah. yeah so uh there's gosh there's a uh it, it's it's weird right and you and you know this from having the show then you have people who uh do custom do card art sure and then you know they'll send you card art that they've done there's um I, for you, I, I put on a t-shirt that a guy made yeah. a, a Grimsley t-shirt and sent to me because that was, you know, 
whatever he did. So that's what it looks like now. I mean, it's not something where, again, Kent, who has his, his man cave of steel and, and yep. Wade Boggs with Rich, there's always going to be something with them. There's yeah, they, not always going to be something for Thad Bosley or Russ Grimsley. Yeah, they those both those guys take it to a whole different level. And and they've just as the the superstar nature of the guys that they're chasing, there's so much more yeah. that's going to be available than there is to, you know, some of us who might mm-hmm. who might uh love some of these more overlooked oh. uh guys. I just remember some and it's actually it's 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 stupidly because it's like one of my favorite things because I kind of lucked into it and then I found I have um I have a ticket stub. It's a torn stub. I mean, it, it, it's all used, but I have a ticket stub from Grimsley's first game. I have a ticket stub from his 100th victory. I have a ticket stub from his last victory and a random stub from a game where he beat Tom Seaver in like 1973. Now, the key to finding those is knowing that, well, first it's the date or whatever, but then it's like, you know, Johnny Bench hit his 150th home run in this game. And then it's like, oh, yep, Grimsley was in that game. So you have to get it. Then there's the, uh, uh, you know, the Tom Seaver stub. And it's like, okay, well, you know what? Grimsley beat him in that game that Seaver had 13 pays or whatever it was. And right. then I need that. So, yeah, it, it's, it's, it, it's kind of crazy. The game ball that I have of his uh, from 73, there's a gentleman, Mike Murphy, who is uh, – uh, He's the the uh, the red scorebook. His grandma did all the uh, uh, for from what nineteen seventy whatever until almost ninety. Hand scored all the games in notebooks. Hmm. So when I got that ball, I reached out to Mike and said, "You know, did your grandma happen to do this game?" And sure enough, she did. And so he tore that page out and sent it to me. So I've got my I've got my shelf two shelves and stuff on the wall, but it's, I've got, um, I've got that ball, you know, next to the hand scored deal that his grandma did. So that's now what, yeah, that's kind of what the collections turned into because again, once you get those cards, you know, okay, cool. Then what? You've got, you know, you talked about the story behind that first meeting when you got that card autograph, but then you've just shared some pretty unique pieces that you've been able to acquire over the years. Is there a favorite piece to your collection? I dig the first game ticket stub and it became more important to, and now I'm going to plug the podcast here for a second. It became more important when in May of 2021, so Grimsley debuts in, in May of 1971. So in May of 2021, uh, we invited him on the show to uh, uh, talk about the 50th anniversary of his first game. So you're a smart guy. Who's the catcher for the Reds in 1971? Is that Bench? It's Johnny Bench. Johnny Bench had been on the show. So Lou and I reached out to Johnny Bench. Actually, I mean, technically, we reached out to Johnny Bench's son. Actually, reached out to Johnny, who sent us to Bobby, who sent us back to Johnny. <laughs> but so we had, um, uh, we had Johnny on the phone when we called Ross to talk to him about that. But basically it was like, hey, congratulations, this and that. We have somebody who wants to talk to you. And then uh and then Johnny and him just go off for 15 minutes talking about that game and how they're doing and whatever. So now that's become the favorite piece of the Grimsley only because 
I guess then I created more of something with it, if that sure. makes sense. Yeah. It yeah. kind of built on its its own story. It, it kind of added a whole nother level onto it. That's awesome. It, it did. It did. And then um, you mentioned the national. So then in, in 2021 at the national, uh, I went around. <laughs> I didn't go through the line, but I went around and got up behind bench, which I don't think you're supposed to do. But, um, you know, I just got up behind him and said, hey, I just wanted to thank you again for uh, helping us out with Ross. And he turns around and shakes my hand. He goes, we got him, didn't we, buddy? <laughs> and I'm like, we did, Johnny. And you remembered. Is there anything that you're still trying to track down or there's something that you think would be awesome to be able to add that you just haven't been able to find yet? I So, like, weirdly, because I found that one yearbook. Now I'm trying to find other yearbooks from Fraser High School in Memphis, Tennessee. Okay. So <laughs> it's like I'm now trying to find uh, more stuff from that. Um, I do know that there's stuff of Ross's out there that was sold out from underneath uh, a collection that his family had had that Ross didn't get his hands on. Um, so I'm kind of trying to track down some of that and whether or not I hold on to it or send it back to him is, you know, I, I don't know, but as you might, uh, may or may not. So his dad played a handful of games in 1951 for the White Sox. So there's some Ross senior stuff out there. And then there's, there's a, a junior, which I've, 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 I've got a signed note card by senior, you know, and, and it's not, I guess, just limited to the kid because you search Ross Grimsley, you're going to get father and son. You mentioned the bench interview and yeah. the bench coming on, you know, with, with Ross, that leads me to another topic that I wanted to make sure we hit on is I love the podcast and you've had some amazing guests and some amazing conversations as a part of that show. Thank you. How did you get into making content? Can we can we hear a little bit more about the story behind Hall of Very Good and and then ultimately the podcast from there? Yeah, so um, it goes back to, uh, I guess it goes back to high school and college, right? So, um, and it is it's that collector it's that collector mentality. We're we're both you and I we're we're collecting guests is what we're doing, but um, so I've always had an interest in in broadcasting and in radio, television, stuff like that. I loved Bob Costas growing up. People have a baseball card or whoever, you know, pinned above their desk. I had that Bob Costas pro set card pinned above my desk growing up. I went to college and, and, and got into like the TV and radio program. And I still have a, a here decades later, I have a career in, in television on the, uh, uh, on the content creation side and the production side. And I've always kind of been that content creator. And I, I referenced uh, lovingly, jokingly, whatever you want to say, MySpace earlier. And I would write Hall of Fame write-ups of people who should be in the Hall of Fame. Because again, the contrarian in me isn't to write about Jim Palmer. It's to complain to whoever will listen why Ron Guidry isn't in the Hall of Fame. That's mm -hmm. a whole different story. You know, those types of guys. Yep. And somebody was like, you should really do a blog. And I'm like, what is this? So sure enough, you know, then, then that turns into, you know, I'm writing that for whatever reason, 
it got a little bit of traction. Uh, Lou gets on board. We create it. I'm not yada yada in my, you know, meeting Lou, but Lou gets on board. We turn it more into uh, more water cooler. Think, mm-hmm. think cut four before MLB was doing cut four. Mm-hmm. And is it cut four? That's what it is, right? I think yeah, so. The, like, yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, your, your gossip stuff, your mugshot stuff. Uh, uh, remember Chris Benson, his wife gets arrested. There's, you know, that stuff. That's the weirdly, it's the underbelly, the, the gross stuff that people tend to gravitate toward. We also then still liked doing these interviews in Hall of Fame type, you know, uh, what do you want to call it? You know, your, your deep dives in, into sure. why and whatever. And then we both kind of decided that what we really like is, is talking to these guys. And then it's like, well, why are we talking to them and transcribing interviews when we could be talking to them and recording them and put them out? I mean, it's, it's far easier to just right. record and edit than it is transcribed. Yep. So then that, that turns into a podcast and um, not complacent to talk to the guy at work's uncle who used to whatever i'd rather try to find you know again it's collector try to find johnny bench and bob costas and these guys that russ grimsley these guys that have meant something to me in my life as a fan and as a collector but then also there's a lot of of uh like topic-based stuff that that we try to hit on to your your all-american girls professional baseball league uh glenn burke um i if you'd ask me however many years ago would lou and i be friends with glenn burke's family i'd be like you're kidding me um because lou introduced me to glenn's story and then uh we found some people who knew you know that were in that orbit and then now i get random text messages from luther and that's Luther's Glenn, uh, Glenn's sister. And it's just, it's <laughs> now we're family, but um, yeah. So it's just, it's, it's again, it's, it's collecting people that we want to talk to, I guess. Sounds bad. Sounds like a serial killer, but no, it's, it's, uh, it's, it's finding the people and, and I don't know. I just love the hustle. What did you do to develop that approach to connecting with your guests and your interview style? You know, was that because of, you know, kind of the, the background that you talked about and, and being in somewhat in media and broadcasting that helped develop that skill and that approach to be able to connect and interview? Or was that something that you you guys just developed along the way? I just, we're both, um, uh, there's no other way to say it, but, 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 but to swear it's, we're, we're both bullshit artists and we love talking to people. Um, and that's essentially where it's, it's come from. And uh, I, I know, I don't remember if you had talked to Lou about this, but uh, Lou goes in with an open slate, you know, I mean, he's, he's, uh, you know, off the top of his head, I'm more analytic where I have like bullet points because I always like to have an out. I always like to know where I can go with something. But um, the approach, I guess, is just, I don't know. I just want to talk to people that, that were interested in. There was, I had years ago, had, had uh, learned about the House of David. So damn it, if there wasn't a guy who wrote a book on the House of David traveling baseball team. So we found him and invited him on. And I learned about that. 
you know i mean it, it's 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 not all Fergie jenkins you know i mean sometimes there's uh the fister hotel in milwaukee is 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 haunted so let's track down somebody from milwaukee who does haunted tours <laughs> so yeah, yeah. I mean, I, there, there's a million of those. There's a, uh, there's a, there's, there's a crime museum in Tennessee that I saw a video of. I was watching a travel vlog, and for whatever reason, there was a baseball signed by Charles Manson. So, I had to find the curator of the museum and find out where that baseball came from. So again, it, it's, it's since we're on a collector podcast, it comes back to. I mean, it's, it's the thrill of the hunt. Again, that's sound like a serial killer. Yeah, I think that's one of the things I really enjoy, right? So while the inspiration was that that foundation or, you know, when you started, it was is focused on these guys that were borderline of whether or not they were going to be able to be worthy mm -hmm. of the Hall of, of Fame, right? So that's why Hall of Very Good. But what I love about listening is there's always some connection to baseball that's brought in or almost always there's some connection to baseball that's brought in, but it the, the guests that you have or the stories that you go down or the stories that we get to hear as listeners, they surprise you a lot of times with, with where they're going to go. Right. I mean, you interviewed Mick Foley and is a lot about wrestling and it's a lot about other stories that he's got, but there's a connection to baseball there in right. the Mick Foley story. Right. And um, you know, getting a chance to hear that you, you interviewed uh, Joe Madden. I've got an autographed Joe Madden ball behind me here too. That Very you nice. see. But a big chunk of that interview was was related to baseball but it wasn't just baseball you know there was some life in there that you got to hear about too in that conversation that i think is is really cool and you guys just have that way of being able to get them to kind of get your guests to take down their guard a little bit and just talk like a couple of guys sitting around mm -hmm. a table you know, playing cards or having a drink or whatever it might be. And I, I think that's really cool. So if anybody out there has not checked out Hall of Very Good, I definitely recommend it. And uh, I recommend that you add that to your your podcast feed for sure. Oh, thanks. Don't uh, do not listen to any of the great Kreindler interviews. Uh, <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. I'm kidding. Yeah, you've got everything from card artists to athletes to, um, like you said, just just topics covering, you know, um, baseball related stuff that, that people want to might might want to hear about just kind of shooting the breeze and that kind of stuff. So I, I wanted to hear a little bit more about kind of what that inspiration was and kind of how you developed that feel because I think it's it's pretty unique amongst us. No offense, us amateur uh, video or content sure. creators or show producers, you know, we're not we're not the big networks, you know, producing shows, but you guys have a, a unique feel that a lot, we don't necessarily get to hear from a lot of the big boys. And so I, I appreciate that. Yeah, well, and some of it too. Well, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Um, I, I like hearing that. And, and some of it too, is just, uh, I mean, I'm, I'm on the internet a lot, you know, and I see a lot of stuff. And I'm, I, I, I'll sit in, uh like with with what i do is I'll, I'll go to you know various conferences and stuff and there will be people from like the fox network will be up there and 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 they're talking about their new show and i'm going through and i'm trying to figure out i'm like okay no so this is one that got away was david allen greer you remember from uh mm -hmm. from in living color yeah. and so when he's on stage i'm like man so there's going to be a meet and greet with david allen greer how do i try to get him on the podcast yeah. and then i'm like aha in 1981, David Allen Greer played Jackie Robinson in a play off Broadway that sure. only lasted like however many shows. 
So then sure enough, when you're going through shaking hands, you introduce yourself, Hey, I have a baseball podcast. I'm wondering if you want to come on and talk about, you know, the first, and, and then all of a sudden oh, he's excited because you just referenced this thing that he did. Yeah. And then, uh, well, and then he tells you he'll do the show and then sends you to his publicist and then the publicist says, no, he's too busy. Yeah. But I'm always trying to think, how do I, we had, uh, a couple of years ago, Mickey Dolan's of the monkeys, the drummer of the monkeys was the highest, you know, the most listened to podcast or downloaded or whatever it is of that year. And the drum of the monkeys, what's his connection to baseball? He was in a celebrity baseball team the Hollywood stars with Alice Cooper and or not the Hollywood stars. What is it? The, uh, uh, the vampires or whatever it's called. But anyway, it's him and Alice Cooper and a bunch of other guys played baseball. There's yeah. the hook, yeah. you know, I mean, always just uh, to anybody who, you know, who <laughs> anybody who cares at this point, always find. I mean, there's, there's always that hook. Everybody's held a baseball or gone to a game or at least clicked through on the television and if you've done that, we'll talk to you. Yeah. Very cool. Well, hey, I really appreciate you coming on today, Sean, spending a few minutes talking about Grimsley, talking about the show. <laughs> if somebody has not found you yet or they want to connect with you, where can people find you and where can people find the show? So literally anywhere you can listen to a podcast, um, you can hear us. Just put in Hall of Very Good. Now, online, you're going to find other because, of course, it, it's Hall of Very Good isn't it's our name, but it's not a term that's unique to us. I mean, people sure. use that term all the time. But if you look for me on Twitter, it, it's my name. It's Sean Anderson, but it's at H-O-V-G. And then Lou is Lou Olson, and he's Lucifer Olson on Twitter. Uh, I mean, there's the Facebook page. There's a website. There's, But yeah, just you put in Hall of Very Good, and you should be able to find us. And if, if not, ask Mike. He'll send you in our direction. That's right. I'll put I'll put links in the show notes. So um, you can always just go there and, and find the links to, to both Lou and Sean and the show. So thanks again, Sean. I really appreciate you coming on today. Anytime. Thank you. I want to encourage you to check out the Hall of Very Good podcast if you haven't already. Again, the links to both Sean, his co-host Lou and the show are in the show notes if you can't find it or you're having trouble connecting with it check out the show notes and you can get it there. Well, next week, we're going to be bringing back wrestling. Wrestling is going to be another topic next week, and I am going to have on Paul Anand from the Wrestling Card Price Guide, and we're going to be talking about his background in the hobby, his love of wrestling cards, his thoughts on the, the wrestling card community and the connections that are starting to grow in that community, and we're going to hit on those conversations or those topics in our conversation next week, so come on back for that. That is all I have for you today, so I'll catch you next time.